Welcome to the False Neutral. This is episode number 60, I believe. Yes, six wow. zero. Wow. We're almost ready for Social Security. Uh, <laughs> so this is the uh, the first episode where Pete has uh, gone off for his own ride and dealing with life, the universe, and everything. So it's just Garrett and myself. So Garrett, good to uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah, I think, is this the first episode where it's just been you and I? I think, I think so. You've done uh, episodes with just Pete, but I think this is just the first for you and I, so. I believe so. It should be interesting. Yeah. And also, like, every time I hear the episode number that we're on, it seems hard to believe that we've actually been doing this for quite some time now. Yeah, about, uh, what, about uh, a year and two months? A year, yeah. year, two and a half months, something like that. We've taken a few weeks off here and there. That's It's kind of crazy. We're Right. Well, last time I was doing a podcast, I stopped at episode 99. My goal oh, is to really? at least make it to episode 100 this time. Yeah. Hey, um, I was on Hooniverse, or maybe I saw it on Facebook, but I was uh, looking at Camden Tubbed, and I saw that Cam had posted that he found the missing audio from the first episode of their podcast. Did they record, like, a first episode and then completely lose the audio for it? Or something? Do you know anything about that? I I don't. I I honestly don't. I'm. It rings a bell that they've talked about that in the past, like the lost episodes or something like that, or the lost episode. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't recall that for sure. So. Yeah, um, I'll have to send a message to them and yeah. see what yeah. that was about, because that'd be kind of cool. I think that they're on like episode two hundred now. Yeah. And from what I was reading, it looked like it was their very first episode that they lost the audio for, and then Cam recently found it and then they were posting it for their 200th episode so that's kind of cool yeah now they yeah. um i'm trying to think they've been doing two episodes a week now for eight or nine months maybe oh so wow that certainly helps them boost it but they were going you know as they said they were going like two hours a show so splitting it up <laughs> into two different yeah. hour segments made made sense and then they actually they get a lot of bunch of they they get a bunch of uh listener questions so yeah, that's always good. Of course, they post questions too. That might be a <laughs> way to generate some of that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, a couple, so, so a couple things yeah. I want to talk about. What's uh, what's going on with you? Well, I've got a, a little bit more seat time in my new to me FZ1. Not a whole lot. I think I've put about 250 miles on it now, and it's really grown on me. You know, when I first got it, I wasn't too thrilled uh, about it, but there are a couple little issues like. It wasn't shifting properly, which I, I figured out was just the basically the foot pegs are rubber mounted and they had a lot of movement in them. And so basically, like when I tried shifting, the foot peg was like kind of flexing backwards and not fully throwing the shift linkage. So I got the foot pegs mounted better so they're a little bit more solid and that resolved the shifting issue and then there's a couple other little things that i didn't really like but i kind of resolved all those little things and now i've put 250 trouble free miles on it and it's really grown on me i, I got spoiled with riding my friend's tuano and uh you know his new fc09 and so i you know in buying the fc1 it's a lot better than what i had but i still have been 
putting quite a bit of miles on a brand new Tuana. So it's hard. You know, I had like these super high expectations, which uh, the FC1 didn't initially meet. But I think that I've resolved my expectations to be in line with what the FC1 can deliver. And so I've been pretty happy with it. Yeah, I was going to say a couple of fun facts about it. It weighs exactly 462 pounds with a full tank of fuel. That's 4.8 gallons. That's not bad. Um, it's not bad, although what is remarkable is my friend and I, we, we fueled and we went um, directly from the gas station to his work where they have a really accurate scale, which is only like a half a mile away. And we weighed his FZ09 and, and my FZ1. His FZ09 with a full tank of gas, 398. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Full to the brim. Yeah. Absolutely remarkable. Under 400 pounds with a full tank of gas. So Wow, that puts that in a different light, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. No wonder they people love those things so much. They're so light. And his has a full aftermarket exhaust, including a header mm-hmm. and the muffler. So that saved quite a bit of weight. That's what, probably um, what, 10, 15 pounds? Yeah, something like that. He's he, he had his tuned, so it's got a power commander, and he had a custom tune made for it and so it makes pretty decent power although i did find out that the fc1 is much more powerful much quicker his his fc09 is is powerful and really light but it still just doesn't have quite enough to beat the fc1 sure well it's down 200 cc's yeah or i think not that quite his, 100 and, what is the fc what is the FC9? it's 847 8, yeah, yeah something like that it makes uh, a lot more torque for sure. So it's I would say that that CP3 engine is a much more fun engine, but yeah, the FC1 is still just quite a bit more powerful, so Cool. But yeah. And then um I forgot if you mentioned this last time or if this was in uh, just in our Slack chat that you mentioned it. The the TX750 found its way back into your garage. Yeah, yeah, it did. The guy that bought it had, I got the impression that he couldn't tell a screwdriver apart from a crescent wrench. I mean, I don't know if he has ever held a tool in his hand before. And when when I was selling the TX750, I had it listed along with the the Honda Nighthawk at the same time. And he he found both of my ads. And so he's like, you know, I'm this is my first bike. I'm interested in both of them. Uh, I want to come look at it. So I was really trying to steer him towards the the Nighthawk because. Like I said, I got the impression that he had never turned a wrench before. And and while the TX750 is well sorted, it's still a 1974 motorcycle and it has points ignition and and there's, you know, some things that have to be addressed now and again. Whereas a Nighthawk has a more modern electronic ignition and parts are more readily available for it. So I was really trying to steer him towards the Honda, but he was just dead set. He wanted that old classic styled motorcycles so he bought the txm50 and almost immediately had some problems he left the key on and it was uh just constantly energizing the points and so it burned the points out and also he dropped it Hmm. on its side and luckily, it really didn't do anything other than scratch the shift lever. I think maybe it even just like fell up against a curb because like there's no scratches on anything, but the shift lever is kind of bent up and scratched on the side. So 
I'm not even sure exactly what he did, but he messaged me because he couldn't get it to start because it had damaged the points from leaving the key on. So it's just like, you know what? I'll tell you what, bring it back, take the Honda, and you'll be happy, happier with it. And so I just kind of wanted the TX750 back. <laughs> so so the, the Honda is now gone. Okay. The, the TX750 is now... Uh, in my garage and it'll probably stay there i don't i don't think i'll actually um sell it again so yeah i've got that back although it currently doesn't run now it needs some new parts in the ignition system so i I don't really have any intentions of fixing it anytime soon so my guess is i'll probably just drain the gas put some oil in the cylinders and plan on long-term storage can you get a uh, uh electronic ignition conversion for that bike or is it you know, one of those things you can, but it's like 200 and some odd dollars, so it's not really worth it? It's expensive, and um, they don't make an electronic conversion kit specifically for the TX750. However, they do for the XS650, which is almost the same. It just requires some slight modifications to adapt it. And I had thought about doing that, but, I mean, points are just fine. Yeah, yeah. For what it is, points are, are perfectly adequate. Um, and you can still get points for them the condenser and all that so you know i'll I'll just replace or or fix the points on it and at some point start it up and write it again periodically yeah so i forget did i uh did i mention what happened uh when i went to go mess with the with the points on on my xs 400 no i don't think so so this is oh well over a month ago now i was semi it was it was a reasonable day which we had had a bunch of rain and it had been cold and it was actually somewhat decent so i was i was semi motivated i go out i i pull the bike out of the garage sit it outside cuz it's the least somewhat sunny and taking it apart i pull the side cover off to get cuz i want to check the timing before i change out the points just to make sure that that was correct and you know i'm expecting the oil to be coming out of the crankcase at that point well, it was awful thin. <laughs> I mean, it hmm. was really thin. And yeah. I'm like... Smelled a lot like gasoline? Smelled very much like gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Christ, when did this yeah. happen? Oh, this is, there's this much stuff in the crankcase. No wonder it was, you know, didn't want to run half, halfway decent. Anyways, there's too much volume in there, among other things. Yeah. So um, I have not touched it since. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, eh. Um, yeah, well, it sounds like it needs some needle and seat cleaning or replacement or something like that. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause, well, cause... you know, that's that's the frustrating thing with carburetors is, like, you can you can rebuild them. And for some reason, if they just – if it doesn't get used, everything just goes bad almost immediately. You know, like the needle and seat sticks or something stupid, and then, yeah, fuel just keeps running through it and – Right into the cylinders, past the rings, into the crankcase. <laughs> yeah, I'm just hoping it didn't like completely wash out the cylinders and then trying to start it and run it that didn't score anything too bad. I should run a leak down. Nah. T- I did, probably not, but I should probably run a leak down test on it anyways. But Yeah, I mean, you'd be fine, I'm sure. But yeah, if, if you do a leak down test, don't do it until after you've cleaned it all out and then got some fresh oil in it, ran it enough to like get some oil up underneath the piston and into the lower part of the cylinder and yeah yeah then you'll get a more accurate result but i'm sure it's fine and you've done it's funny i had the on that topic a little bit but completely different uh, I, last weekend 
Uh, well, as we record this, it's probably two weeks ago now. As you hear this, I was out at uh, Road America for the Mama Spring Rally and got to drive a, a bunch of different cars around a racetrack and go check youtube.com slash rumble strip radio if you want to see all of them. Uh, they're in a playlist called Mama, S- Mama 17 SR. Anyways, one of the vehicles I drove was a new, the new Honda Civic SI, which mm-hmm. as we were driving it, we were under NDA because it hadn't been, you know, they were just doing the intro. And it had 37 miles on it, and, you know, we're bombing it around the track. Well, I post the video, and someone's like, oh, my God, that poor car, it hasn't been broken in. It's only got 37 miles. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's been 15 or 20 years since you had to worry about breaking an engine in, really. You know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, modern materials, uh, you know, the the cars are started, they're driven, they're put on trailers and uh, boats and and, uh, uh, trains and trucks and whatever. They're going to be broken in in the first, really, I mean, maybe not fully broken in, but the seal's going to happen in the first 15 minutes, that thing running anyway. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Modern engines, the materials are so much better. They're so much harder. They're they're machined to such better tolerances that everything is seated in a lot better than an engine would have been 40 years ago. Also, a demo car, who really cares? I mean... I mean, it's not going to get sold as a new vehicle. I mean, it's just going to get passed around between uh, journalists and everything else. It's not a big deal. But also, I have there's two schools of thought on breaking an engine, and and each seems to make decent sense. Where one says, you know, low RPMs, uh, don't put a lot of stress on the motor, and then the other one is drive it like you stole it because if you increase your cylinder pressure you expand the rings into the cylinder walls and you get them to seat properly that way yeah and so it i i don't i don't really know i mean i've i've done things both ways and never really found that one was better than another for longevity or or you know maintaining cylinder pressures or anything like that so i i mean who really cares exactly yeah yeah I mean, that car will probably be it might even been a pre-production car. So if that's the case, it's just going to get crushed or, you know, yeah. be an engineering vehicle for some other reasons. But yeah. So yeah. Like, but I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things of, and maybe that's a future episode we can do is, uh, you know, top five or 10 old wives tales or myths or, you know, things yeah. that used to be things that people used to do that you only do that because internet lore and your granddad told you to do so right yeah and in that episode we could talk about 520 chain conversions we can talk about race fuel yep uh and some of the other yeah yeah. uh misconceptions yeah we'll do that yeah that that sounds like a good uh good episode yeah so and disappointing news Nikki hayden was he ended up dying as a result of injuries from getting hit on his bicycle yeah, which is he, that's a big loss for the motorcycling community. Such a neat guy and and a good racer, and also just his whole family being involved with the sport and all that. And it's pretty tragic that you know riding a bicycle and training, and uh, it looked like he got rear-ended by yeah, the car. The, from from what I can tell, well, uh, I guess go back. I wrote uh, I wrote my tribute for him. It's up. It was on Hooniverse a uh, week and a half ago, or whatever, as, or a couple weeks ago. Now, as you read it, so look under the two wheel Tuesday tag, and you can read it. Uh, I think there were some grammatical errors that I missed, but I guess what had happened is he was uh, riding, and he had cut through a side street or something, and 
it's a bit of a known spot of late where there's been a few accidents uh, where it's hard to see someone coming out. And he was either getting ready to go and kind of blew through a stop sign or he wasn't paying attention because he was setting music to, to ride with. Something happened and car hit him and it was ruled not the car's fault. And for all intents and purposes, you can see it was like just one of those things that happened. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really too bad. And, and, you know, he hung on for about five days, six days before they before yeah. he died. And yeah, I hate to say this, but I'm glad that... Based off of what I read of the accident and what happened with his injuries, I'm I'm sort of glad he passed versus him being sort of the two wheel equivalent like of the Michael, Mike, Schumacher. Michael Schumacher. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, because no, horrible. you're you're right. Because really makes it's. I mean, yes, it's horrible for for the family and for you know his his fiance and everyone else. On the other hand, he's not hanging on, and everyone doesn't feel obligated. They can. It's yeah. e- much easier to move on with your with your life, right? So yeah, well, and he had severe brain damage, yeah. from what I understand. And so yeah, you're right. I mean, there there was no meaningful life to be lived when he was in that kind of condition. So yep. you know, it, it it probably is better in the long term for his family and and also him. And yeah, but it, it's sad. Yeah. It really is. At the uh, as we, we're recording this on a Sunday and. Uh, Today was, as we record this, today was the MotoGP race at Mugello, and the mm-hmm. circuit did an awesome, awesome tribute to him for the whole weekend. There was a, a big sign with uh, a quote from him about how racing, for you know, they all quote racing is life. You know, everything yeah. else that comes in between is you know is just waiting. Well, it wasn't that, but it was something similar to that. And then all his old te- MotoGP teams had. Uh, brought out old bodywork and slapped it on whatever bikes they had. But uh, so all the bikes he ever rode in, or for all the teams he ever rode in MotoGP, were displayed in front of this. And then they did uh, 69 seconds of silence this morning before the right. first race. So uh, yeah. really cool. That's on um, uh, YouTube's. It's on YouTube under the MotoGP.com site. So if, if you get a chance, it's you know two and a half minute video. But go go see it. It's actually fairly moving. So. Yeah, and Valentino had, uh, changed his number on his helmet at least to 469. Yeah, from forty six to four sixty nine. So, cool. and um, speaking of Valentino, he, I think he finished fourth in today's race, which bumped him down in points. So, I think Maverick now is first in points after his, or is it Maverick? Uh, I don't remember now. Yeah, I haven't um, looked at, I haven't looked at the points yet today. I haven't watched any of the races, but um, actually, I haven't watched the last two races. I've got a, I've got them queued up to watch. I just haven't had time. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, it looks like Maverick is first in points, and Rossi got bumped down to third in points. So um, I, I've i never really been, like, a Rossi fanboy, but I, I would love to see him win another championship yep. before he retires because he's probably going to be done racing here pretty soon. And, you know, prior, prior to last race um, where he crashed... You know, he was doing just incredibly well in points and consistency. Uh, and he still finished pretty well today. And he's only, he's not too far behind in points, but um, he's going to have to win a few GPs really probably to do it. And uh, competition is pretty tough yeah. uh, this year. So I'm not holding my breath for uh, a championship, but it would be really cool if it happened. I th- yeah, I think one more one more championship for him would be would be great. It would be, and especially at you know thirty eight years old or thirty nine. Yeah. I mean, uh, just unheard of. And, and racing against, you know, uh, 
some of the, some of the people he's racing against weren't born when he won his first MotoGP championship. Yeah, was, yeah. Well, that'd be about right. So, yeah, um, yeah. Just crazy. Yeah, and um, it looked like he was on track to at least finish in the top three, if not win this race. On I think Saturday's qualifying, he was uh, in the pole position at the end of the day or Friday. Friday's qualifying. Friday, yeah, Friday they were first and second. So yeah, and then he got bumped down um, on Saturday. But nevertheless, I mean, he had a really fast bike, which is even more surprising considering he was only cleared to race just the day or two prior to that yeah. after a uh, motocross injury. Yeah, exactly. So he's 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 had a bit of a charmed life when it comes to injuries. Like only a couple times is he had a really bad knee injury that really messed with him. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that. There's no way that I could perform at that. I mean, he's 38 years old, and you know he's not a spring chicken by any means. So when he gets injured, he probably feels it a little bit longer than some of these other young racers do if they had the same injury. So it's yeah, it's nice that he can get back on the bike and perform like he does. It shows what kind of level of rider he is. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so MotoGP has been pretty interesting this year, and I'm I. Like I said, I need to do some catching up. I've had between stuff going on at the house and doing some traveling. I've, time's been a little crunched of late to to catch up on stuff. Or when you when you fall behind in watching races because it's such a time commitment, you know, yeah. it's, it's easy to get to to fall behind on that. Um, I'm trying to think what else were we uh, that I have that I wanted to to talk about. Uh, and it's been so, it's been a few weeks since we've been together, so. Uh, just trying to think of yeah. some other other stuff I've seen online over the last couple of weeks that was that was fun. Um, I watched a really neat shootout the MCN Motorcycle News did uh, with the 2017 Super Nakeds. Okay, and they actually rode them on. Let's see, it was like a 1900 mile round trip ride, wow. and they did the 2017 models of the Tuano, the S1000R, the ktm super duke and the uh what they call the mt10 or rfz10 um motorcycle and uh really good um pretty long review it's it's almost 20 minutes long yep um and yeah so but it's kind of cool that they actually did like a long distance trip and what's really cool about these new motorcycles is they all have cruise control which is a neat for bikes of this kind of performance um they each one of the models, uh, they they tested like the fully decked out ones. So like the Tuano Factory and the S1000R with with all the upgrades on it. Um, same with the Super Duke and the FC10. Uh, I won't spoil it too much, but the we'll just say that the Tuano is still the bike to beat. Yeah. So um, I was really surprised with the motorcycle that came in second. So. Um, I would suggest watching it. It's a really neat shootout, but you'll you'll probably be surprised by the second place finisher. Yeah, I, I saw that come up in my YouTube queue to watch, and then like everything else, uh, you know, it's like ah, I need to download this stuff so I can watch it on the airplane or something. But, yeah, but yeah. when you're sitting in cattle trying to pull out your laptop to watch videos, isn't always the easiest thing to do either because you're yeah. you know you're in cattle, right. <laughs> I uh, definitely will. will definitely definitely do want to want to check that out. Uh, my friends and I are gearing up to do our four day ride, and about three weeks we're going to be riding from uh, here in the Portland area, and we're going to go up north 
basically follow the Washington coast up around the the Puget Sound up to northern Washington to the Canada border and come back down. So it's going to be about a thousand mile round trip. We're going to do it in four days, three nights. Wow. So, yeah. You taking the FZ1? Yeah. Cool. Yep. So we originally were talking about camping, but... I got to thinking about how much more comfortable it would be to just get a hotel room <laughs> and also how much easier it would be to pack if I didn't have to bring a sleeping bag and a tent and the rest of that. So, yeah, we're actually going to be just doing the hotel. So now I'll just need to bring a small backpack, which I'll strap to the back seat of the motorcycle. Um, so I'll be riding that. My my buddy with the Tuano and the SU9, he's going to ride his SU9. He got some saddlebags for it and a rear trunk thing and then my other friends coming the one that rides the kawasaki zephyr now that i have a new bike and he's been riding a zephyr which has always been good enough but that was his first motorcycle and and he's ready for an upgrade especially now that you know i have a newer bike and and my friends always got nice bikes and so he feels a little bit left behind so He's kind of in the same boat as I was, where he's got a budget of, you know, about five or six thousand dollars, and he wants something that's sporty yet comfortable, and the rest of that. So he's still a pretty inexperienced rider. So I was trying to lean him towards something like a Honda VFR 800, you know, kind of a sport tour. I like those because they have undertail exhaust, single-sided swing arm, uh, the V4 motor, really cool bikes. But I don't know. He might be leaning towards an fc1 like i got <laughs> we were trying to get him into a new motorcycle before this trip that we're going on but i think he's gonna have to just drudge through it on the zephyr yeah well sometimes it's better to go with something you know even if it's not the best on a on a trip like that versus yeah well, <laughs> diving he, into the unknown on a bike you don't really know he's absolutely the worst with motorcycle maintenance <laughs> um and so he bought the bike with about 38 or 39,000 miles on it. You know, he put it, he like, when he bought it, he didn't know the condition of the oil and didn't really care. So he just kept on riding it and put a few thousand miles on it. And then I basically forced him to change the oil on it, at least. And, you know, I'm always like, hey, when's the last time you checked your air pressure? No, I don't know. When's the last time? And it's so, like... I don't have very much faith in this motorcycle making the whole trip, okay. so I'm I'm encouraging him to bring the title <laughs> with, <laughs> because it's not worth bringing back home if it doesn't make it. It's just not okay. worth it. Yeah. You know, if, if we have to rent a truck and load it into a truck and drive it back down, the cost of that would is is more than the broken motorcycle would be worth. So, yeah. like, bring the title. You know, if it breaks down, sign it off and give it to the first person you see. It's not coming home. <laughs> That's another reason why it was. I really wanted him to get into a new motorcycle before he went, just because if that thing breaks down, I am not sure that I'll stop and help him. I'll just keep on going. Be like, it's, it's going to be. A, I told you so. I told you this was going to happen, and I'll just keep going and enjoy my ride. <laughs> how, how, how very Top Gear of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or now the grand tour of you, I guess, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then also you 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 know you're getting older when you're when you go on an adventure like this, like, oh yeah, we'll camp. No. 
Hotel sounds better. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Absolutely. <laughs> so much more comfortable. I might actually sleep that way. Yeah, I was... I, I just couldn't imagine sleeping, like, getting any sleep, sitting. I haven't camped in a tent in so long. I just don't think I could do it. Yep. It would be fun. Like, it, I think it would add to the adventure of, you know, setting up camp and all that, but... Ah, hotels are so much more comfortable. Yep. Um, it was funny, uh, when we were talking about Camden Tub earlier, uh, I would encourage people if they haven't to go over to, uh, uh, the drive, is it drive.com or the drive.com and, uh, flat six society and Bradley Brunell tub of Camden tub, uh, wrote like a 18 or 20 piece set of articles about his adventures of taking his Porsche 912 in a loop of the country over a period of like two and a half or three weeks. And so it wasn't it wasn't just that he drove a 1976 Porsche 912, which has like all of like 75 horsepower on a good yeah. day. You yeah. Know, no air conditioning, no real stereo, no modern anything in it. And then he, on top of that, he camped along the way. Well, when yeah. he wasn't staying with people, it was like, oof. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely roughed it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you're not 30 yet. Give yourself a couple more years. And when you try to do that adventure again, we'll we'll see what you're <laughs> Yeah. See how that changes. You know, I, I think that I would be more like if I were doing a car road trip, I think I'd be more likely to camp in a tent. But riding a motorcycle for especially something that's not a Honda Goldwing, uh, riding it for three or four hundred miles in a stretch is really not a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, your neck is sore from holding it against the wind. Your arms are sore. Your your ass is just really sore um the the seat on my fc1 it's a corbin seat but it is at least as hard as granite there is no give to it whatsoever haven't haven't changed that out yet no no not yet although um there's this really neat upholstery guy that uh has a shop a little ways down the street from me and he's done some work for me in the past and i think that i might just take the corbin seat have him uh take the cover off either redo the foam or add a layer of better foam underneath it and and then restitch the seating surface with something that has more grip because right now it's just that leather maybe fake leather and it is i mean it's about as slick as two melting ice cubes rubbing together <laughs> when i'm i mean i can't my little butt doesn't even stay on it when i'm accelerating on the fc one i'm just sliding off the back of it so um it needs more grip and it certainly needs more foam yeah, uh, so I, I might get that done before we go. We'll see. Uh, one, oh, I, I remember one of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, this past week I was down in uh, Atlanta and then in North Georgia for a different event dealing with some vintage Jeeps. Which, by the way, if you wanna, if you ever like think you want to have a motorcycle but you don't want to ride a motorcycle anymore because of all the reasons we've talked about in different shows here, but you still kind of want that experience. Go find yourself a CJ2 or a CJ3 Jeep, okay? It's it's essentially mm. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, if you're in an accident, you're just dead. Just because of... Yeah. <laughs> okay? It just... That's uh, kind of like my MG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same same basic concept. But So, anyways, we, um, we did some... We were supposed to take modern Jeeps and then go on this uh, trail run up there, but they had had so much rain in North Georgia that they'd closed down the... The one public trail they have up there, so we were on this other on this other road. But North Georgia, beautiful, beautiful up there, and, and a lot of great roads to ride motorcycles on. I saw exactly two sport bikes 
I saw, I kid you not, 300 dresser motorcycles. And really? they're all, yes. I kid you not. There were dresser motorcycles left and right. Harleys, Victories, Indians. I mean, just, that was the predominant bike. And I'm just like, you I thought got- the sport bikes were like the thing out east. Yeah, I would have thought so, too, especially given the roads. But, I mean, okay, granted, it was a Friday we were out, but I don't think that stops anyone from, you know, taking off of work and going for a ride. But, yeah, I mean, you would not believe the amount of dresser, like, big on, you know, not like Goldwing kind of things, although there were a few of those and and more than a few three-wheeled Goldwings rolling around, too. I'm like, okay. But, yeah, just that, you know, $25,000 kind of, like you're hustling these are on these around these roads okay yeah interesting i wouldn't have thought that you know i guess i don't know if there's like a place where i would expect to find a lot of dressers but i was just kind of thought that sport bikes were uh the popular choice out east and maybe that's true of like florida which Mm -hmm. is like the stretch sport bikes right i don't know the only thing I can think of is somehow that because the Southeast is NASCAR country, that the dresser oh, motorcycle yeah. kind of fits into the NASCAR yeah. kind of thing. So maybe I don't I don't know. I'm you know that's a that's a big stretch to draw that conclusion, but it's the yeah. only, only thing I can come up with. Speaking not really of dressers, but it made me think about it when we were looking at motorcycles that my friend might be interested in buying. I just for whatever reason came across the V Max. Mm. And 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 I think that I knew that they still made them, but I, I didn't realize just like you know they were at one time the quickest production motorcycle there was. <laughs> yeah, but they their performance stats are just ridiculous. You know, they're almost seventeen hundred cc's. Wow. They make just over two hundred horsepower, and they have about a hundred and twenty five foot pounds of torque. It's 6,000 RPMs. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I think that we had Wayne Moyer on our show, and and he was talking about muscle bikes, referring to, you know, big displacement Harleys. And I think that I had said something like, that's not a muscle bike. (laughs) Right. And, you know, if you compare that to something like a VMAX, a VMAX is what a muscle bike is. Yes. Yes. I mean, 200 horsepower, 125 torque. You know, and I get that the Harley has a bunch of torque, but it's just, that's it. Yeah. You know, there's no yeah. horsepower. And, yeah, the, the VMAX is definitely a muscle bike. <laughs> Those things are monsters. One, one of the other conversations I had, it was a two-minute conversation, but it was, it was interesting the, how, how similar some people think. We were talking about Harley-Davidson for some reason, maybe because we'd seen a bunch of them running around. And we're talking about, oh, because we were talking about Jeeps, right. And they were talking about how Jeep is this next model. How are they going to appeal to the next generation when this next generation of Jeep isn't going to be that different than the current one? And I said, oh, how very hardly Davidson of them. Yeah. You know, that they're just <laughs> yeah, going to exactly. appeal to the same same people. And there's no reason, real reason to upgrade. And then we got talking about that of like, you know, Harley Davidson, like, you know, the, for an entry level bike. It's 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 very 1957 technology, yeah. And at a pretty even a, like a sport 750, those are still what eight nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they're liquid cooled. Ooh, ooh, they've made some. Yeah. Some can you know? Okay, so how very nineteen eighty five of you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you know? made it. You made it into the eighties. But exactly. then when you compare that to something just like a FZ07, which at what seven grand? Yeah, <laughs> can just stomp all over it in every conceivable way, other than it's not a Harley Davidson. Right. And it was just an interesting conversation. Um, People to buy like, a Harley Davidson. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, to buy a Harley-Davidson, you just have to be considering only heritage and uh, tradition. I say lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's it. There is a place for that heritage and tradition, but, boy, if you were just focused at all on, like, uh, performance... By yeah. by any standard, performance, <laughs> comfort, every other reliability. Well, I can't say reliability because most Harleys are most modern Harleys are reliable. Fairly reliable. Yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. they'll go forever, but so many other motorcycles vibrate less, make better perf- better power, and I don't mean like make more power. I just mean make more usable, fun power. You know, I, I, they, they, I'm the wrong person to yeah, talk yeah. to. No, no, trust me. I've there's a few of them <laughs> running around, and I just. Yeah, I, I can tell I'm getting old because really loud motorcycles and cars are starting to irritate me, and I, right. and I say that as the owner of a really loud car. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But oh. but but when when you see all these Harley guys go by and they twist the throttle and it's all noise and they don't Nothing. go anywhere, that yeah. just oh. <laughs> sorry. Right. I sound like I sound like fat old white man on that one, and I fully admit <laughs> I fully I, I fully uh, you know cop to that at this point yeah that reminds me also evidence that i'm aging my fz1 that i bought came with a miv exhaust m-i-v-v which was a really small little muffler on it and i really did not like the way that it sounded and it had the the baffle the db killer installed in it and i thought that you know maybe taking that out i would like the sound of it better and i took that out and it sounded exactly the same just at least 300 decibels louder. <laughs> um, so then uh, I ended up buying a Yoshimura R77 slip-on muffler for it, which is their new shaped can. It's almost like a... That's a I don't triangle? really know how to describe it, but it's not the old-style triangular okay. one. It's their new shaped can. And uh, it's about three inches longer. The volume of it is a lot bigger, too. So I figured like perhaps it would sound better and be quieter. It's definitely quieter. The The biggest issue that I had with the MIV exhaust is this weird drone resonating sound yep. on the highway. So I, I ride with earplugs in, and I went on like a 40-mile highway ride. And by the time I was done, my ears were ringing, uh, specifically my right ear, even with the earplugs in, just because this like resonation drone sound just ruined my ears it was at that second where i decided i was buying new exhaust so that's when i got the yoshimura and it's it does it sounds better i guess it doesn't drone that's a big which is like the main thing that i wanted so so that's good but i'm kind of finding out that those 2004 to 2006 r1 motors which is what's in the fc1 they have kind of this weird raspy sound it's certain RPMs, which I thought was a product of the exhaust, although it's still there with the Yoshimura, just like it was with the MIV. So it must just be a product of the motor, which is okay. I don't, I didn't really like that raspy sound, and so that's one of the things that I was trying to 
to correct, but apparently that's not going to change. Would it be uh, interesting if you could find like a, a stock muffler mm-hmm. that someone's throwing away just to put on it, just to see, yeah, you know what the difference is. Not that you want to keep it because it probably weighs you know twenty pounds, but yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's true. A good friend of mine just bought a two thousand five R one. And so I was going to go ride it just to see what it sounded like compared to the FC1 because apparently they're relatively the same motor uh, with different camshaft specs and a few other things. But I was just curious to see if it had the same sound. Yeah. So. Would be be interesting. Yeah. I don't remember that sound on my 2003 R1. But then again, it's been so long since I owned that um, that I, I don't even remember really what it sounded like. So. I can't remember the last time I saw one of those. I think around here they've all been either cr- they've all been crashed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, anyways, uh, all right. Well, about forty minutes in, I think it's probably a good place to to wrap up for this week. Yeah, um, Garrett, where uh, where can everyone find everything about us? Yeah, Twitter sometimes, <laughs> uh, but probably yeah, <laughs> probably uh, your best bet is definitely on Hooniverse, and if not Hooniverse, go to Facebook. We post our episodes and some content on Facebook, and it's always on Hooniverse. So, facebook.com forward slash a false neutral. Yep. So, always yep. the best time. We've been trying to post more more stuff on there, and, and Pete's going to still contribute to the show when he can, and, and, and a lot of that will just be posting stuff over on, on Facebook as well. So, he's, he's, he'll, he still wants to stay engaged. Um, and if you have questions for Pete, throw them up there, he'll answer them. Uh, or yeah. you know, even in underneath the uh, the posts for our for our shows, uh, if you got a question for Pete or anything, throw it up, throw it up there as well. And then also, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about on the show, uh, haven't had a lot of feedback yet, but you know, we're still we'll, we're still soliciting it. So post that over on either the Facebook page or on on Hooniverse as well, and uh, we definitely will take your your input to it. We're, today we just freestyled it. I'm hoping to get a couple interviews lined up in the next few weeks and uh, you know we're just gonna play it by ear for a while yeah well cool all right so i guess that'll wrap up this show thanks everyone for listening make sure to like share subscribe write uh, reviews on itunes and let all your friends know about us so until we talk to you next time have a good day 